0: Okay, everyone, welcome back to the Dana Buckler Show. My name is Dana, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Jason Waters. Jason, how are you today? Doing fantastic. Thank Excellent. you. Excellent. Perfect. Well, welcome back to uh, a main feed episode. Yeah. We have been grinding out the the Patreon exclusive series, the 101 movies we recommend. We, we knocked out the 90s. Knock- killed it. We're on to the 2000s, episode yep. one of the 2000s has been released, and when this thing is done, it'll be
1: 20 hours in length, just like the uh, the 90s episode, so... And I have not, because of a Patreon issue, I have not been able to listen to it to see how my singing comes across, but...
0: and know, we're going to leave it at that, but he, d- you did break into some <laughs> I, show tunes. I did, I did. Sorry. Momentarily, and it was, I'll tell you what, uh, I edited the episode. <laughs> okay. And you've got a, a wonderful singing yeah, voice. Like, you know,
1: the old crooner
0: voice. I, All was, right. I was pleasantly surprised. Okay, it, it translated very well. Excellent. So, well, so far in our Quentin Tarantino retrospective, yes. we covered two movies that he directed. Yep. Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. We talked about True Romance. Ah, Great episode. Love a, lot episode. Of, a lot of awesome yeah. feedback on that. So, you know, the fact that... True Romance was not directed by Tarantino. We set the precedent that we can do movies that Tarantino was involved in. Basically, we're trying to avoid Jackie Brown. In the short of it, <laughs> is we are trying not to do Jackie Brown. <laughs> okay. So clear. This episode, we're going to be talking about from Dust Till Dawn. Yes. Now, a couple of things I want to say right off the bat about this yeah. film, and we're going to get into. Uh, I'm assuming you saw this in the theater. I certainly yes. saw this in the theater when it came out. But couple couple points of interest. All right. So. Mm-hmm. As you know, I had John Travolta on as a guest at, on my podcast. Yes. God, it was four years ago. Was it really? <laughs> it was four years ago. I do want to say officially I did reach out to him for a second interview. He has agreed. We are just trying to finalize the date. Awesome. So I'm Very looking cool. forward to having him back on. One of the cool stories he told me in that interview, and I do invite listeners to to go back. You scroll back. I think it's in the 2020 range if you're, if you're scrolling back one of the cool things he told me was the evening he spent with Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) Now, this is post Reservoir Dogs, but this is when Tarantino was trying to cast Pulp Fiction. He had arranged an evening with John Travolta. And John came over to Quentin Tarantino's apartment.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: they literally played board games and talked (laughs) movies all night long. Yeah. Well, when that night was over, and John tells the story better than I do, and I'll let him tell the story by listening to that podcast but the way the story ends is as he was leaving quentin offered him two scripts to take a look at one was about a heroin addicted hitman Mm -hmm. that was pulp fiction and the other one was about two bank robbing brothers (laughs) who flee to mexico only to find themselves to land themselves in a bar filled with vampires (laughs) And Which
1: if you're looking at both of those you're going uh, without seeing the full script. I mean that's that's a tough
0: one. So John really he, he just politely passed on that one. But we did get this movie. Yep. 1996 from Dust Till Dawn directed yes. by Robert Rodriguez. Yep. Starring George Clooney, Quentin Tarantino, Harvey Keitel, Juliet Lewis. Yes. Okay.
1: Take me through your first viewing of this film then. Um so I remember the first time I watched this movie I did not know the plot. I I went into it blind. I just went into it because I saw Salma Hayek, and I went, all right. Well, this this has got to be something interesting. I think you're an hour into the film. Exactly one, one hour. hour. I checked on Saturday when I watched this. So I'm watching this, going, this is an intense crime drama. Yeah. Like I I. I'm on the edge of my seat when they're going through customs, when they're in the hotel the entire time, I'm like, okay, this is a, this is a getaway movie. And then it turns on its head and turns into a horror movie. Yes. Out of nowhere. And I remember sitting in the theater going, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what am I watching? Because it, be, it's, I, I I I use this term very loosely. It's so absurd, but so believable at the same time. You're like, because you know, at the time it's like, oh, we're into supernatural. Bram Stoker's Dracula has come out. Like, there you've got Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> that's yeah, that's been out. It's it, you know, vampires have never gone out of style completely. So you just run yourself into this vampire movie, and instead of going, oh, this is this is stupid. The plot, the story, the screenplay never lets up and you just, it's like going down that, like off a roller coaster.
0: There's a great line in the movie when George Clooney says, this place is filled with vampires and I don't believe in vampires, (laughs) you know, like that's great. So
1: you walked away satisfied the first time you saw this film? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because the action in in the second half of the film... Like i was saying, it's, it's you're you're on that roller coaster and you're going up and up and up and just waiting for that drop. And then it hits and you're going, well, I, I got nowhere else to go. Let's let's see what happens here.
0: Yeah. So this movie is a little bit different because it is. It's it's a hybrid. It's Robert Rodriguez who is doing Desperado. He's done El Mariachi. Yeah, you know I love those two movies. He's a Sundance guy. Yeah, you know uh, like Tarantino. You know he he made El Mariachi for like ten thousand dollars. Yeah, you know on the strength of that they give him four or five million. He makes Desperado with Antonio Banderas, Selma Hayek. Hayek, Tarantino has a a small cameo in that one. That movie doesn't hold up as well for me on rewatches. I'm like it's good, but it's it's gratuitous. Yeah. For, yeah. And and that's Rodriguez's when he goes hard R, you yeah. know. Like if we talk about Planet Terror,
1: yeah, that's a
0: that's that's a one and done for
1: me. I'll no, never watch yeah, that again. Is. Yeah, like I would prefer the story. Like I can deal with gratuitous violence if there's a story and a reason for it. Like this, but just for the sake of it, it's tough to sit through it. The thing of, now, the thing about this era,
0: okay, this is really, like Pulp Fiction has come out. Pulp Fiction is a massive hit. Tarantino is the toast of the town. Yeah. Okay. This guy can do any project he wants. And what he does is he starts to help his filmmaker buddies. All right. This is where we get four rooms, which is not going to get a whole episode. No. So Rodriguez does a story in four rooms. This movie gets made. You know, this is based on a screenplay by Tarantino. You know, he has a, you know, this, this is a band apart dimension films.
1: This is the first, His the first thing he sold. Yeah, this is one of his first I mean, scripts. Before, yeah. yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Like He sold this for, I think, I remember reading somewhere, for like either um, visual effects or sound effects for Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, He's like, I, you know, I'll write this for you. Like, Help me on this movie. Then we need to talk about the cast just for a moment here. Yeah. All right, so in order to do that, we kind of need to get into the
0: movie sure. itself. All right, so just just by the numbers, this movie had a $19 million budget, which is good. That's yeah. I mean, that's, again, Tarantino gets that budget, mm-hmm. yeah. okay? Makes $60 million, roughly $60 million at the box office, which is, you know, three times its budget. And in the 90s, that's huge. The studio's like that. Yeah. That's good. And then this thing had, uh, like we always talk about in our, our 90s episode, this thing had
1: massive legs and on And spawned two sequels. Yeah,
0: two sequels, massive which legs on home video. <laughs> I went into this movie not knowing anything. Yeah. So the movie opens up on this, like, dusty Texas highway, we see Benny's World of Liquor, yeah. and we see a Texas Ranger pull in, and it's Michael Parks. Yeah, and
1: Michael Parks. This is my—I'll be honest. This is my first introduction to Michael Parks. Yes. So you know, but he, not your last one. No, not not with this same character. Yeah. So Earl McGraw is also in Kill Bill. Yeah, I think one of the Grindhouse movies. Yeah. So even though he
0: meets his oh his yeah, largest... by the way, spoilers for From Dust Till Dawn. At this point, if you're yeah. listening to this, yeah, spoilers yeah. from Dust Till Dawn.
1: Um, but. This, he, he becomes a recurring character in the Quentin Tarantino universe. He walks into this place, Benny's
0: World of Liquor. Okay, <laughs> there's a couple girls in the background. He walks up and he's talking to Pete Bottoms, played yep. by John Hawks, which okay? does a
1: fantastic job. Just just both of these
0: guys play off really well. Like, they, it's clear that they know each other. Yeah. Right? This, like, this Earl McGraw stops in here every day just to shoot the shit with with pete yeah all right and they're talking about what's he talking about immediately he's talking about he went to the diner and then there's you know some guy that's cooking shouldn't be i'm not Potato gonna take ahead head yeah, i'm not gonna and but but you he just sued him he goes you could sue the shit out of them he goes yeah what am i gonna do with that place what would i do <laughs> and it's like all right cool who are these guys like we're just we're just being introduced a little bit yeah. and you know and then he says yeah but you heard about that business up in abilene you know you know the the bank got robbed and they killed some people and 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 Michael Parks is like, yeah, they looks like they're heading for the border, which means they'll be they'll be coming by, coming through here. And then when I see him I'm payback, and I mean payback. And he's (laughs) just like, we're like, all right, all right. It's like going to use the head. Goes the bathroom. Enter George Clooney. Yeah. All right. And Quentin Tarantino. And Quentin Tarantino. All right. It's time to talk about George Clooney for a moment. Yep. Because I text you on Saturday because I rewatched this for it's like. I watched bits and pieces of this over the year, but but the first time I've sat down to watch it start to finish to kind of give it an anal to analyze it a little bit for this podcast, it's been fifteen years. Immediately I was like, Oh yeah, George Clooney is fucking amazing in well, this film.
1: You know the award that he wins for this. No. Best breakout performance for the MTV music awards. Well, those are the video awards. Those are the most prestigious yeah. awards out there. So right? and it, it is it's, for, from this from before this, he was in ER. Yeah, this it, is his first big movie. It's important
0: for all of our listeners to know George Clooney, one of the biggest movie stars in the world, yeah. one of the big he's he has transcended. He's Tom Hanks level. He oh, is Brad Pitt level. He
1: is. He's a tequila magnate. I mean, he's worth five hundred million dollars. Yeah, right the, now.
0: But but prior to this, he had. A notable role on Roseanne, <laughs> Roseanne yep. as, you know, a wife beater, you know, he beat up Jack, Jackie. Yeah. And, and then he got on the ER and yeah. he was like the breakout star of the, Doug. But he had not done movies. This was his first movie. Yep.
1: And talk about sort of flipping the script, you know, becomes a, so the first part, he's a dramatic actor and you see him with Quentin Tarantino after the, um, the hostage, yeah. And how he deals with that and how he deals with Harvey Keitel. I mean, his emotions running through the film just completely move and change. And when he becomes the action George Clooney, he just, he nails it.
0: Here's here's the big takeaway I had from his character. He's an anti-hero. Yes. You end up rooting for him. Mm-hmm even though he's done terrible things because he has a code of ethics. Yes. He has morals in the world of being a criminal because he says he doesn't want to kill anyone that he doesn't have to. No, he would rather people just listen to what he says, do this and you will live. I give you my word. Yeah. Now, unfortunately his brother keeps fucking that up for him. (laughs) That's true. But I was watching this film saying,
1: wait a second, this guy, if like, if he's gonna take me hostage, I'm gonna do whatever he says. Yeah, he, like when the other hostage, she's like, she would not, she would not have said a word. She would have never have moved. Yeah, and so what happens well. <laughs> is like, Clooney's
0: introduced and he he starts talking to Pete. And he's like, you think I'm fucking with you? Like, get yeah. this guy out of here. And Pete, this guy's doing great. He's like, he's like, if he he. he, he what tarantino says he twitched he scratched his nose but if i did i don't know why if i did scratch my nose because i'm scared shitless yeah and he goes he goes you let him use the bathroom he's like he comes in here every day if i told him no then he'd know something's up he goes i should get an academy award right now (laughs) and then he's just like oh my god yeah so we get this you know earl mcgraw comes out He's like, I'm gonna get tanked tonight. Give me a bottle. what I owe you for the hooch. And this is the interesting. He says Six fifty for
1: Jack Daniel's, for a Come for on. a for a fifth of Jack Daniel's, 1996. I know. He's like, if I like, get a time machine, I'm gonna go back and just buy liquor. He's like, he's like, you bucking for early retirement? Like he's he's like put off by how
0: expensive <laughs> it is. I'm like, shit, that's very reasonable. <laughs> that's, Even that's by the price for a Jack and Coke nowadays, yeah, that's very reasonable by '96 standards. <laughs> so, unfortunately, Earl McGraw meets a, a quick demise. Shootout ensues. Yes poor benny beats a pretty brutal death (laughs) (laughs) yeah burn him and then we are off off to the races credits roll interesting little thing where rodriguez is showing the car pans to the back shows you an image of what's in the trunk there's a poor lady in the trunk
1: yeah
0: uh they get to a hotel
1: uh that's a rough scene when george clooney comes back
0: yeah so this speaks back to this whole the whole thing about george clooney all right so they've taken a back bank teller hostage. Okay. He says to her, you know, do you want to live through this? She says, yes. Or I do exactly what I say. And when this is all over with, we will let you go. Yeah. He's, he's in, tells his brother, I'm going to go to the border. We're going to check this out. I'm going to check out the border and I'll come back and, you know, we'll, we'll, well take it from there.
1: Yeah. and the other, I mean, the other great thing in this part of the movie is you get Kelly Preston. Yeah. As a reporter. <laughs> Kelly Preston as a reporter telling you what has transpired to date. As well as um, I, I, I can't remember his name, but the father from um, it was John Saxon. John Saxon. J- John Saxon. Yeah. from um, Nightmare Elm um, Street. Street. Like I'm like, whoa,
0: cool. There is a scene in this news broadcast where they have got like a running total yeah. of all the and it's fatalities. Like, flashing, like
1: bing, bing, and I'm bing. like,
0: oh, this that was definitely lifted from Natural Born yeah, Killers. Yep. Like that was a Natural Born Killers thing right there. That yeah. that that Stone obviously chose not to use. Yeah. But it's just right, what it's doing right there. It's just setting up the stakes for how dangerous these guys are. These yeah. two brothers. Yeah. So what happens is, so you've got Seth is George Clooney. Richie is Quentin Tarantino. All right. We need to talk about Quentin Tarantino's character in this movie. Ooh, it's like, creepy. I, it, uh, You know, and he wrote this for himself. I know this. Was, and the thing is this, like I was telling my girlfriend, she, she's like, she's like, what were you watching? I said, well, I'm watching natural. Uh, not natural I was watching from <laughs> Dusted Dawn. She goes, how was it? I said, well, I got to tell you. The the movie has me really conflicted because I don't wanna say that Tarantino's character hasn't aged well because he was a deplorable, despicable person in nineteen ninety-six. There are certain movies you can watch, like like something about Mary hasn't aged well, some of the jokes. Yeah. But this one is like Can I say it? Not necessary for the
1: for the structure or plot of this movie. No. Just be a vicious killer. Yeah. Like I and I think it's it's never said outright. But it's, but I think George Clooney intimated that the hostage, and again, spoiler alert, was raped and then brutally beaten. And murdered. Um, and murdered. And she's what, she's got to be in her 50s. And yeah. He's in his late 20s, early 30s at this point. Like, it's just, and George Clooney's face when he's looking at the scene, he's just like, what's wrong with you? Just deadpan, what's, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Is it, is it my fault? Like, what what is wrong with you? Yeah, Uh, that's impactful, but I think in the wrong direction to me. Like, it didn't make him more dangerous to me. It made him made me him just sad and deplorable. Like, I wanted him to die at that point.
0: Yeah, and and George Clooney is like because he comes back. He's got it's it's cool how he figures out like because he comes back. He's got burgers. He's got three burgers. Kahuna burgers. Yeah, Kahuna burgers. (laughs) He gives one to Richie. He takes a bite and he pulls the third one out and he goes, "Where is she?" And and. Richie's just like, "Mm." he's eating the burgers, like, where's who? He's like, the fucking hostage. Where's he? He's like, oh, eh, she's in there. Opens up the door and this quick little editing where it's the flash where you, so you don't really see what happened. And he's just like, what, what, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, what's wrong with you? So right around this time, we're introduced to Harvey Keitel, Juliette Lewis, and Ernest Lee is his name, who plays Scott. Yeah. So... They're going. We don't. Even, do we even know where they're going. No. So they're,
1: they've got this RV. They just they're they wanted to get a, a bed for the night because. Harvey Keitel wanted to lay his head down. One last night. One yeah. last like so like, they're it sounds like they're going they're finishing their trip heading home.
0: It's later learned that his wife has died and so he's obviously and he was a preacher and he's given it up and he's yeah. he's no longer a man of God and now he's taken his family and they're they're traveling. So they happen to pull into the same low rent motel that Seth and Richie are staying at. Yeah. Great little scene where they almost run into George Clooney and he's got a beer in his hand. He's just staring at them. <laughs> they get a room. Tarantino knocks on the door and he's just so like, hi, I'm next door. I'm in room 11. My, my, my lady friend and I were looking to get some ice. They get taken hostage. Yeah. And again, this is where George Clooney shines as a hit or as, as this
1: criminal with morals. Yes. And he's like, listen, and he sets the rules. Yeah. Here's what's going to happen. And when you go through the, you know, later on, I mean, he outlines every single thing. And he's true to it. He, he is. And you believe him. Like, if you don't do this, I will kill your kids. Like, yeah. oh. But if you do what I say, you will survive this. Yeah.
0: And that is a different type of character for a Tarantino. Think about it. Because if you look at Reservoir Dogs, if you look at Pulp Fiction, well, I suppose Samuel L. Jackson's character does have, he does have an epiphany after the incident. Right. he lets, he lets. Uh, after Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> you have to poor Marvin, but you as the audience watching this film, you're just like, you're just like, just do what he says. I, yeah. I, I believe him. So now the plan is to take the family hostage and they're going to use, they're going to take the RV and this is how they're going to get through Mexico. Yeah. On the ride to Mexico, George Clooney's trying to make small talk with Jacob and that's Harvey Keitel. And he basically says, you know, why aren't you a man of God? And he explains that his wife died <laughs> in a car, ra- car crash. And then. There's a great scene where Harvey, Harvey Keitel is like right before they leave the hotel. He's like, "You can take me, but you're not taking my children." Yeah, and he just stands up to him, and Seth respects that, but is also like, "No,
1: yeah. no, I'm definitely taking the three of you, or yeah. you, you can all die." And also, and when he says like, he's like, "You notice how my brother looked at your daughter?" Yeah, like, do you want me to leave him alone with her? Like, yeah, shit. Like, at the same time, when he's he's getting what he wants, but he's doing it by despicable manners. But at the same time, you're like, oh, I was in that position. Maybe that's what I would do, too. Like, yeah, it's completely believable. And by the way, I want to stress. All right. No
0: supernatural element at all in this movie up yeah, until this point. Yeah,
1: whatsoever. Like, this is a crime movie. Yeah. And you are just like. It's a getaway. It's a getaway. They've got to meet someone in Mexico to transfer the the funds so that they can just live out the rest of their lives yeah. down there. Yeah. So, the, so basically, yeah, what's happening is.
0: Yeah, they robbed this bank. They made all this money. They have to pay. They're going to a place called El Rey, mm-hmm. which is in Mexico, and they have to give up thirty percent of what their whatever their take was to be able to stay in El Rey indefinitely. Yep, and that is the plan. So when they get to the border, this is a very tense scene. It is with old Cheech Marin. Teach Baron is going to play multiple, multiple roles, multiple roles, in this movie. In this yeah. three that I could count. Yeah. So they've, it's just great that that whole scene, they get through the border. And you, you, you mentioned before we were recording, like
1: how tense that scene was. Oh man. Yeah. It was, it was so tense, but you're, you want them to get through. Yeah. You know, you really do. You're like, don't get like, I don't want them to get caught. Cause there's going to be a shootout and everyone's going to die. Everyone's going to die. You want them to get through. So they get through and they're on their way to a bar called the titty twister. <laughs> It's the only time I'm going to say that. <laughs> this is this is where you start to go, huh? This movie is different than I thought.
0: Yeah. So we get to this bar, and look. I'm going to choose my words carefully <laughs> for this one. But you look at the bar, and it says it's for truckers and bikers, and there's a bunch of like guys on Harleys, and there's flames shooting out, and there's neon everywhere.
1: Well, and I think yeah. Cheech Marin describes for a good thirty seconds the type of. Uh, entertainment that is available That's that is a good available way to put it, in there yes
0: uh great scene when they're going in where George Clooney and Seth just where Tarantino and George Clooney just beat the shit out of it. <laughs> go in and you're uh they immediately go to the bar and at this point George Clooney is He's really happy with these guys. Yeah, like, like they made you, it. Like congratulations. Like we've made it. We just got to make it till dawn. We're gonna make it till dawn. That's Hang it. out. We're gonna have some drinks. You guys are gonna go in the morning. I'm, I'm a man of my word because if he wasn't a man of his word, once they got into Mexico, here's what here's what they would have done. They would have killed. Him. They
1: would immediately killed
0: him. They would yep, immediately killed dead. all three of them. Take the RV, gone to the thing. And but yep. he. So the, again, this is why Clooney to me is. I don't want to use the term likable. Breakthrough role? Yeah. He's <laughs> so MTV. good in this film. And yeah. has he ever played a villain again oh. on this level? Well, no time like the present to look at his filmography real quick. So he is 62 years old as of recording this right here. Here is his credited filmography. Okay? 1983, he was in Grizzly 2, The Revenge. <laughs> he played the character of Ron. 1986, he was in Combat Academy. He played the character of Cadet Major Biff Woods. Biff. He was in the 1988 cult classic, The Return of the Killer Tomatoes, as Matt Stevens. Oh, okay. 1993, he had a cameo in a movie called The Harvest, and then we get into 96, From Dust Till Dawn. Now, listen, in all of these movies, tell me if he's a villain, okay? And he goes on a run, all right? From Dust Till Dawn, 96, One Fine Day, nope. 1996. Nope. Batman and Robin and The Peacemaker, both in 97. Nope. Out of Sight. Nope. Three Kings. Nope. Okay? He has. He plays the role of Doctor Horatio Gonch in South Park: Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, <laughs> The Perfect Storm, No, Old oh, Brother, Where Out Thou? Love that. Okay, Ocean's Eleven, nope. Spy Kids. So he's going to reunite with uh, with uh, Robert Rodriguez and Dan Trejo. Yeah, Solaris, nope. uh, Spy Kids Three, Intolerable cru- Cruelty, hmm. Ocean's Twelve, Good Night, Good Luck, Syriana, The Good German, Michael Clayton, Ocean's Thirteen. Leatherheads burn after reading. The men who stare at goats. Fantastic, Mister Fox up in the air. The descendants. Gravity monuments. Man, hail Caesar. Money monster. Ticket to paradise. No, no, he's never played yeah. this character again. So his like his first. So it's not his first movie, but it's his first starring role. He yeah. never he never plays that type of character again. Which man,
1: you should. He really should. It. Yeah,
0: I call it the Denzel effect. Yeah, <laughs> first time Denzel plays Alonzo in Training Day oh two thousand and one.
1: After so that you want him for everything. You want him for yeah, he's yeah.
0: he's terrific in that. Yeah. So we get inside the bar, all right, and it is I mean, it's wild. It's a there. rough scene. It's it is there is the there's the band playing and they're great. Yes. Okay. They go up to the bar, you have Danny Trejo, is the bartender, tells George Clooney. This is I love this entire interaction. He tells George Clooney, goes, you, "You guys aren't welcome here. It's truckers or bars only. Truckers or bikers only." Yeah. Here comes a couple of the bouncers. Bouncer puts his hand on George Clooney's shoulder and he's like, "You, you got you take your <laughs> hand off that shoulder. It's about to go down." Harvey Keitel again. This is Jack's where in. there's there's a bond forming between yeah. them. He's like, "Hey, no, listen. That's my RV out there. You got to have a class, whatever, driver's license. Here's my driver's license. You know, these are my friends." And then Danny Trejo turns into like the nicest guy. Yeah. Welcome to the Titty Twister. <laughs> what would you like? We'll take a whist- bottle of whiskey and five glasses. He goes, is the food any good here? Danny Trejo goes, it's the best of Mexico. And George Clooney <laughs> goes, I highly doubt, I that. doubt
1: that. Send the waitress over. <laughs> no supernatural element at no. all. And George Clooney is just steaming. Like he's, I'm going to finish this bottle. I'm going to go take hey, this bottle must- and beat the
0: shit yeah. out of him. <laughs> like and Harvey Keitel just, this is like, where he chimes in and he goes, are you that fucking stupid? <laughs> See that you won. He goes, yeah. "What? say that again. See he goes, it. and he doesn't, he drops the F word that time. He goes, are you that stupid? You realize that you won? Yeah. You know, like, like you've, you've made it. You've got the entire FBI, all of the Texas Rangers, everyone is looking for you and you've made it and you've won and you just want to throw it all away because of these guys, these fucking guys. Yeah. And. Clooney pours me a drink, and I insist you have a drink with me because yeah. earlier on, Jacob says, "I drink." I just I'm not drinking tonight. They take a drink. All right, we're at like 57 minutes into the movie. All right. Yes, Trejo comes out on stage, introduces Selma Hayek yes. for a very sultry number,
1: which I, I read
0: the Tarantino feet thing. I'll let you. Uh,
1: well, before we get into that, I read that. Um. She had to take hypnosis to deal with a snake. That she is completely phobic of snakes. And they put this 14-foot albino python on her. And without any choreography, she dances this sultry Mexican just... I don't even know what you call it. Samba? It's... I mean... I remember watching this in the theaters and just going, holy shit. Yeah, that was right around the time that
0: that girl was like, you ready to go?
1: No, no, <laughs> no, the vampire. The vampire. So watching her, it's basically a stri- – it's the pre-striptease yeah. of Salma Hayek with a snake where then she pours whiskey a- or tequila down yeah. her lake into down leg into Tarantino's mouth. And we've talked about Tarantino and his foot fetish before. And, and the- he wrote this role – for himself and this scene for himself and, so and cast
0: Salma Hayek in the movie yep
1: um so i'll 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 leave that right there for quentin to comment so, on so what happens
0: <laughs> after that is the the Cheech Cheech Marin character number 2 mm-hmm. comes inside he starts he starts wrangling up all the other bouncers and sees Seth and Richie and all of them he's like it, now it's time It's the guy that kicked my ass and uh and ter- uh and uh Clooney's like tells Richie's like, he's like, Hey, Hey, we're on, we're up. And and Richie immediately just, they just, how many? It's like three. Like, they're like, they're ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, this all happens so fast. You know, Richie comes up with a knife, stabs one of them. They shoot one of them. <laughs> Richie's get, Richie gets stabbed in the hand Again has got blood all over Selma Hayek He had
1: previously been shot of that same hand
0: Great scene where the <laughs> knife is pushed into the table Because Richie had stabbed one of the guys with the knife And it's got like this green goo oh, all man. over it And you see Harvey Keitel looking at it going like That's the first sign that something's up Yeah And Selma Hayek is just looking at the blood And she can't help herself yeah. And then hey, This is where we're going to get some questionable special effects <laughs> Yeah but she quickly turns into a vampire and, and, and goes
1: after Richie. Yes. No and, longer attractive. A crustacean-like looking vampire. This is the, at the exact one hour mark of the film. Yeah. I can't, I, I can't believe I have to say that wasn't by design. And the entire movie, what, what was the running time? It was like one one forty seven. One forty seven. Yeah. So hour. after this, you've got with credits forty seven minutes to go.
0: We we should mention that there were some other characters introduced by this point.
1: Uh, you have Tom Savini, very famous which, makeup artist. I love his inclusion in this because he basically plays Blades from yeah. Dawn of the Dead. Was it Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead? Uh, one of the two. Which one is he?
0: He's well, he's a biker in. Dawn of the Dead. Yes. Yeah. Playing so like
1: Blades. And you look at it, and he's got the same... Same outfit. Same outfit, same mustache. Yep. And you're going, all right, this is just an homage to George Romero. Because those, va- those were zombies, and we're dealing with vampires here, but... He's got an interesting uh, weapon of
0: choice. <laughs> he has a cod piece that turns into a 12 shooter because yep. it was a gun. It was a cylinder with two six shooter, <laughs> two, two, <laughs> two cylinders of guns. Um he's credited in the movie as sex machine, sex machine. All right. Yep. Another character in the movie, Fred Williamson, it's the old hammer. Yeah. Plays Frost. He, okay. I think
1: I remember reading his filmography. He has got to have been in 80 different films
0: was huge in the 70s. Easily. Huge, huge character actor in the
1: 70s. And I remember reading, I think it was either 73 or 76, he posed for Playgirl. No, no kidding. So no. <laughs> so Google that. We should say that when the Selma
0: Hayek attack happens, all the other vampires turn yes. into vampires and just start killing yep. everybody. It's a free for all. And there's a scene, I'll never forget seeing this in the theater, where the band is playing a guitar <laughs> made out of a human being. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you're just like
1: that was that was a little over the top for me. I'm like, what are we
0: doing? "Mm." What are we doing this? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it like this is where the movie loses me. Like the
1: whole movie. little This whole scene was gratuitous.
0: Like the whole thing kind of falls apart for me. I'm on board for the first hour of this movie. Yeah. Like I want to see how this thing plays out. And the vampire angle of this thing. I'm going to tell you right now. It.
1: It, it didn't work for me. Yeah. So I will say after this, what, good 10 minutes is over, when all the vampires are dead and everyone who's left in there is trying to figure out the reckoning of it and what to do next, that's when it picks back up. And I'm like, all right, okay.
0: And who's left over? You got Fred Williamson. You got Tom
1: Savini. Yeah. You got our, 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 principal our, char- yeah. our principal characters. However, Richie has been bit. Yeah. Okay. So at this point, I'm going... All right, I'm 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 back invested. That whole, like, when he's playing the fucking leg and the torso, I'm like, no. You know that's all Rodriguez, right? Yeah, because that's background. That's, there's no... Because... When, I'm, I'm sure the screenplay does not have that included in there.
0: No, because when you look at... For those who don't know what I'm talking about, in 2007, there was an experimental movie that came out called Grindhouse, yeah. which was two hour and a half movies with about 10 minutes of trailers in the middle. And the first one was planet terror. And that was directed by Robert Rodriguez is so disgusting. Yeah. It is so like I saw it once in the theater. I've never had a desire to watch it mm-hmm. again. And then the second movie was called death proof directed by Tarantino. It's very much a Tarantino film, one mm-hmm. that we will be covering on this series. But when I see the over the topness of what's happening in this bar, when the vampires reveal themselves, like, that make no mistake. Like I'm convinced yeah. that is all Rodriguez. Yeah, that's that's not a Tarantino style. No, not at all. Yeah. And when we do get to these last guys, that the the last remaining, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting.
1: I, yeah. I'll, I'll get it. Yeah. but I've checked out. Um, I won't say I've checked out, but I see where it's going. And you you soon realize, well, what I realized, and I was shocked at the ending. I'm like, I don't think anyone's getting out of here alive. That is true. I was like, everybody's. And I will Everybody say this.
0: I will say this. So what happens is Tarantino turns into a vampire. They end up killing him. Yeah. It devastates George Clooney's character. You know, and then they're like, "Well, you know what? We're not going to survive." Uh, sex Machine gets bit. Sex machine gets kind of comical when he's trying to hide it. Yeah, he gets bit. Fred Williamson tells this horrific story about something that happened to him oh, in Vietnam. God, yeah, and he t- tells that story for a long time. Well, and
1: you know, Tom Savini. I, I was wondering about this because he. I remember reading an interview with him about how most of the stuff that he does for the special effects was based on what he saw in Vietnam. And he's like, I just, this is my way of processing what I saw out there and putting into, into cinema, what actually this stuff looks like. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, I bet this, this scene came from Tom Savini. Yeah.
0: So sex machine ends up dying, (laughs) but he, he not without, not before, jacob gets bit
1: yes and fred williamson
0: fred Fred williamson dies so (laughs) um when the dust settles pardon the pun for dust (laughs) when the so when when the dust settles you know we have forgot to mention that there are thousands of bats circling the outside trying to get in they're obviously going to all turn into vampires so they kind of get into this one back room and george clooney's like listen we got to." Like we're going to, we're all dead. Let's yeah. take as many of them. Well, as at this we point, can.
1: Harvey Keitel has been bitten as well. He's been, he's bitten. been
0: waiting to just turn. And he's just like, I'm probably going to turn into one of these guys within an hour. So we need to take as many of these guys out as we can. Yeah. And that's when they find like all the stash of all the leftover stuff from all the trucks that they've, you know, basically right. hijacked all the stuff from. And then this just turns into a teenager's yeah. dream scenario. about, you know, there's super soaker guns and condoms. They're going to fill up with holy water and all this stuff. And George Clooney finds this pile, like this, you know, Uh, get the,
1: the stake driver. Yeah. uh,
0: Juliet Lewis happens to find this crossbow that's literally a cross. Like it's at that point, he's just like, all right. And it all boils down to what you said, you know, like who's going to survive. Who's going to make it out. Well, here's what I can tell you. (laughs) Watching this movie the second time, because I didn't see this thing to the end the first time I saw it. The nobility of George Clooney's character throughout the film, and I say nobility as far as in the criminal world because he is somebody, he is a man of his word, yep. led me to believe that he was going to sur- sacrifice himself to save Juliette Lewis. Yeah. Because the son dies, Harvey Keitel's obviously turning into a vampire. And so the fact that Clooney survives
1: to the end, I thought was a very nice touch. I did too, um, because I, I really thought that he was like you said he was not going to make it yeah. and he was going to sacrifice himself and here's what i also appreciated about him um at the end when him and juliet lewis are out there she's like i, I want to go with you and he's like yeah. no go home yeah he like could he could have been like him. yeah you know what we had a we had a rough time of it you know meet me in my hotel room and let's get through this he's like no Go, go, go back. He, he's a man of principle <laughs> in the criminal world. Like, yeah.
0: So, and it's great because Cheech Marin character number three shows up just at the end. And, the, and you know, all the vampires are ultimately killed. And and he's like, and George Clooney's just kind of laying into him like, why did you pick this place? And he's like, well, yeah, you know, one place is better than you know, one place. You know, <laughs> what, what does it matter? And this place was open from dusk till dawn. You know, you needed a place. He's like, he's like, Have you ever been here before? He's like, no, but I've driven by it a few times whole exchange is great and he's like my brother's dead this girl's whole family is dead and way earlier in the movie you have uh tarantino upset that they have to give 30 percent to and he's like you can't negotiate with these guys they never negotiate yeah and it's just a great <laughs> he scene he's and and cheech marin's like uh, how do i make this up to you he goes 15 <laughs> he goes no he goes he 28 28 <laughs> <laughs> and they both shake 25, 25. but he yeah. he's actually able to negotiate. He gives Juliet and Lewis like 20 grand. Yeah. Here, go. Can I go with you? No, no. Bye. No.
1: And, and, and again, like. And then you get the backdrop of this is an old Mayan temple. Yeah. And I don't know if that is supposed to explain anything, but it's like. Okay, I remember that being really cool when that happened.
0: But yeah. my question to you is: I've never seen the sequels. I could give no. a shit. I
1: know Robert Patrick was in the second one.
0: One of them is a prequel that takes place like a hundred yeah, years. a
1: third one is a prequel.
0: And I could. It's I the Tremors to, thing. I yeah, could give a shit.
1: I would love to see the sequel with um,
0: with George Clooney. Yeah, they made a From Dust Till Dawn television series, and I believe um, uh, Don Johnson. No, is is in it? Yeah, I believe I believe Don that. Don Johnson,
1: I, um, I want I to say Rocket is in from Dust Till Dawn. All right,
0: I I want to say that they made. Hang on, just a second here. I just want to see other media here. Uh, sequel? Oh, television. Okay, from okay so. From Dust Till Dawn the series is an American television series developed by Robert Rodriguez it forms part of the franchise of the film directed video and comics expanding on the chronicles of the gecko brothers Seth and Richie the fuller family and I don't know who these other people are the series adds to the tone of the film new characters the series premiered on March 11th 2014 on Rodriguez's newly launched El Rey network Outside the United States and Latin America, the series is marketed as a Netflix original, but was removed in 2022. It was produced by Factory Made Ventures in association with Miramax and executive produced by Rodriguez. The third season aired from September 6th to November 1st, 2016. Uh, while the series was never officially canceled, Deadline reported that the actors were released from the contracts on October 31st of 2016. And there was three seasons... And three seasons. Yeah. good lord. So I don't remember. I remember hearing about the El Rey Network, but it was never something that I had watched. Yeah, no, I haven't so. seen.
1: I haven't seen anything on that.
0: And that came up. So that was if that was 2014, Netflix was still the predominant streaming service. That was a time when you would still launch a cable television yeah, network. Seriously. If, if Rodriguez wanted to do that now, it would 100% be a streaming service. Oh, it yeah. would be five bucks a month and it would probably, you know, get a couple million people subscribing. Yeah, easily. So. Wow. But yeah. Oh, you know what? The big thing I was supposed to ask was, oh, so Don Johnson plays Ranger Earl McCall. <laughs> yeah. I might I might give this thing a a watch. Okay. I mean, if it's I, worth it, let me know. But yeah, yeah because Don Johnson's in it. He's a, he's one of the main actors in it. He's credited as. We'll see. Danny Trejo's in it. Let me here's a list of who's in this. Okay, recognizable names: Robert Patrick, Wilmer Valderrama, Jake Busey, Danny Trejo, and Don Johnson are all oh. in this television series.
1: So Robert Patrick was in the sequel. Yeah, in the second one, which I have not seen, but apparently now I need to. So. Uh, listeners out there, if you've seen the, the From Dust Till Dawn television series,
0: give us, give us a call. Yeah, uh, let us know. Let, yeah, give us a shout. Let us know. So, critics on this film. All right. My man, Owen Gleiberman, <clears throat> gave this a B rating for Entertainment Weekly. And he said, yeah. Rodriguez and Tarantino have taken the let them eat trash cynicism of modern corporate movie making and repackaged it as a junk conscious, quote, attitude. And From Dusk Till Dawn, they put on such a show of cooking up popcorn that they make pandering to the audience seem hip. However, his, in his review for The Washington Post, Destin Howe wrote, The movie which treats you with contempt for even watching it <laughs> is a monument to its own lack of imagination. It's a triumph of vile over content, mindless nihilism posing as hipness.
1: Wow. I would
0: kind of agree with that a little bit the movie has not aged for me. Uh when I was like, yeah, we'll do from Dust Till Dawn. I I fired it up and I was like, yeah, you you've got me for the first hour, but then this thing just falls completely is, yeah. off the cliff. I thought the, see back how the of first the hour ended,
1: not the second yeah. hour. Yeah.
0: And I yeah, so uh CinemaScore gave this a B- and the Rotten Tomatoes on this was 63, or am I reading that right on no, my glasses on 63%? Yeah. No, yeah and 76. And we've already mentioned the box office on this film uh, was
1: essentially sixty million dollars. So, but here's the thing: we're talking about it what 20, 26 years later? Six years later. So apparently, it's impactful. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I think it. Yeah. I mean, we are. We're twenty. And it's, it's worth. It's honestly worth seeing, if nothing else, to see where George Clooney went from the small screen to the big screen. And where he could take a character. And that's what I was going to ask you
0: when it's all said and done with. We gave, obviously, we gave recommendations for Reservoir Dogs. We gave yep. them for Pulp Fiction, huge recommendations for True Romance. Yeah. Where does this stand on? On what type of recommendation do you give this movie? I,
1: I give this a, if I were to give it a, a, a score out of five, I would say it's a three out of five. Because the first part of it carries the second part. And you are rooting for the characters at that hour mark when uh, they become imperiled. I'm giving it two and a half out of five because yeah. the first
0: half I, I really enjoy. The second half falls off a cliff. Yeah. But I will say this. I think this movie is worth watching just just for the George Clooney performance alone yeah. because, and, and everyone take yourself way back to 96. Don't think about the Ocean's 11 movies. <laughs> Don't think about anything Clooney has done. Yeah. And understand like,
1: this was a very risky move for him. Yes, he was playing a doctor on ER, the on, hottest show on television on NBC on television, must see TV. Yes, and then leapt to this. And and if this movie had not been
0: profitable, uh-huh. it's yeah. it's 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 a pretty safe bet to say that he may
1: not have gotten. I mean, he would have eventually gotten more movies, but yeah. I mean, this no, one... he he went from a lovable character, you know, the the first Doctor Dreamy, mm-hmm. to just. Seth Gecko, a murderous criminal. Yeah. And that's a that's a leap and that's you know kudos to him and his agent cuz that's a tough decision to make but I think they made the right one. I think he's fantastic in the film. Yeah. I think he's the reason to watch it. Yep. Everything else is
0: it is what it is but uh this was back at a time when an actor could carry a movie. You know, unfortunately we don't really, you know, putting aside the Tom Cruises, we don't really get actors that carry movies yeah you know they're big franchise films i mean obviously oppenheimer he's going to carry the movie but
1: well and i will say too if this had been written by anyone else other than tarantino i don't know if he pulls this off yeah so yep. the combination of those two together just it it made the first hour just fantastic
0: absolutely all right well jason that was our discussion on <laughs> From dusk till dawn. So uh, we're not going to do four rooms. So <laughs> Jackie
1: Brown's next. I guess, suppose we'll be uh, we'll be doing Jackie Brown. <laughs> Jackie Brown. Stay tuned for the next five minutes. Excellent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do Jackie Brown right now. Right now, it's good. It's you all right. It was okay. It's yeah. all right. Yeah, I enjoyed so, it. Yep. Yeah. all right. So that, that's all right. it. All done. We're on to Kill Bill. No, I'm kidding. We are going to do a dedicated <laughs> episode of Jackie Brown. So uh, once again, guys, if you want to support the work that Jason and I do, please go to Patreon.com/slash HowIsThisMovie. There we, we've got the first. We've got the complete. 10 episodes of 101 Movies from the 90s You Need to Watch. That's 20 hours of entertainment. And then we just debuted episode one of 101 Movies from the 2000s You Need to Watch. So, Jason, as always, thank Thank you. you. Absolutely. Thank you. And my name is Dana Buckler, and thank you so much for listening.